listening to On The Road with Mike and Andy, the number one Australian weekly trucking podcast made for Aussie truckies by Aussie truckies. We're here to bring an independent voice to truckies right around Australia. So please do us a favour, listen in on your favourite podcast platform, hit like and subscribe, leave a comment and don't forget to tell your mates about us. On the Road is brought to you by NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer. Visit the website at nti.com.au. G'day all and welcome back to On the Road. It's episode 60 and it's another monster podcast coming your way. This week, Mike reports in live from the Brunswick Agricultural and Truck Show in WA. Trev Warner joins Mike for a chat about logbooks and later in the show sits down with gastroenterologist Dr. Vincent Ho to discuss gut health and the delicate subject of colonoscopies. Again later in the show, in something to talk about, I catch up with Wes Walker, the legend of a bloke who's been protesting and fighting for truckies' rights at the Gatton Pads in Queensland over many months now. There's been some breakthroughs happening and Wes will fill us in on the good news. Speaking of news, we've got our regular on-the-road news segment, plus great music from the Pet Shop Boys and Aussie country rockers Hurricane Fall. All this and more, so without any more fluff from me, let's get this show on the road! Yes, get on with it! G'day, I'm Yogi from Outback Chuckers, and when I'm on the road, we're always on the road doing stuff out on the road, but when we're on the road, we're listening to the big rigs on the road. <laughs> this is Simon Smith here from the Australian Big Rig Radio Roadshow.com. Truck and radio is what we do across Australia 24-7. Loads of truck and classics every hour. If you'd like to drop us a line, love to hear from you at some stage. Our email address, bigrigradio at yahoo.com.au. Catch it down the road and take it steady out there. The Australian Big Rig Radio Roadshow.com. Mick Yoz Trucker here and I'm at the Brunswick Ag Show, but it's really a bit of a truck show and I found Sludge, the phantom man, the bloke with the purple peat off Outback Truckers. How are you, mate? I'm all right, yeah. What are you doing uh, down here, mate? This is not the Outback? No, it's not. We've had a bit of a uh, change and uh, they've invited us down here to try and sort of get things going. So me and Yogi popped down for the day. Yeah, I saw you parked next to Yogi there. The missus is over there talking to him now. Anything could happen. You never know what'll happen with that. He's untrustworthy. (laughs) Well, last time I ended up with him, he had me drinking emu down at the tanny. Shameful, isn't it? It is shameful. I wouldn't admit to something like that. Oh, you know. And they were cold too, which was all right. Oh, there's nothing wrong with that. No, nothing wrong with that. So what are you doing, mate? What are we... What are we... So, we, well, we just come down here to sort of, you know, community support for little yeah. towns and try and get a little bit of the young guys into the industry. Yeah. Um, you know, we're a dying breed, I suppose. We are, you know, indeed, we, yeah. uh, We're struggling for numbers and drivers. Yeah. And it's about coming out and showing the young kids what we've got and yeah. what they've got. And, yeah. yeah, and try and get a bit of publicity going to start it. So. Well, that's great. What I'd like to do, mate, rather than take your time up now because all the fans are there waiting to talk to you and everything, how about I just uh, get your number and we'll uh, talk properly on the show in a few weeks' time. Yeah, that sounds like a good thing. No yeah. worries, Sludge. Thanks, yeah. mate. Take care of yeah. yourself and we'll see you in the soup. You too, and we'll talk soon. All right. Well, we're still here at the... It looks like a Brunswick truck show, actually, not so much a Brunswick ag show. I found my way over here. There's a line of beautiful old Macs over here. Green B model at the end and a couple of elites. 
and this dirty great big bloody R model on the end, a blue one, take some photos of that, you'll be able to see it on the Facebook page and on the web page. But I've got a couple of boys here that have probably helped organise it. How are you, mate? Good, mate. How are you? All right. What's your name? Matt. Matt. Matt Lawrence. Matt, Lawrence. Matt you into the Max, obviously, mate. Well, mate, yeah, we put on the Mac Muster last year. Yep. And, um, yeah, we helped uh, helped organise all this today and get a few trucks down here. And, yep. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'll tell you what, they're not bad-looking things, are they? Beautiful. A few hours involved in cleaning. I'll tell you what, I like that old B-model over there. Does that still kick around on the road a little bit occasionally, does it, just to shows and things, or is it... It's a part of the heavy vehicle, uh, heavy vehicle. Come see me before you go over it. I want to talk to you about it. Yeah. Okay. Hey, all right. Hey, next, time, next time I bring a truck to the show, just make sure you bring it complete, will you? <laughs> I said that to him before. That... Well, the old girl there, mate, no guard on the back. What's going on? <laughs> Roughness, mate. <laughs> hey? Hey? Put that one down to a WA road. Alrighty, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was out back trucking again. I had a bit of a go at him about it before that guard being off, PJ. I thought, hmm. <laughs> bloody Yogi comes over and bloody photo bombs your photoless conversation you had with Mac people. How jealous are these Kenworth people, mate? We'll have him in a Mac soon enough. You reckon? Yeah, yeah. It's going to be Dinotard Sunday. <laughs> Dinotard Sunday, what as opposed to Jake Ray right. yeah, yeah, yeah. I reckon he's convinced. I reckon yeah. it's going to change. It might. It might change. It yeah. might change. We'll get him in a Mac. You'll get him in a Mac? I'll get tell you what, Mac. when you do, I want to take a picture of that. Yeah. I really, really, really do. So, you're at the show here. How long does this show go for, mate? Just today. Just today. It is yeah. just today. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Good job I didn't put off coming down to tomorrow. Then I'd have missed out. <laughs> you would have. I'd, I'd have been shit out of luck. But a glorious day for a show here today, isn't it, though? Magnificent. Magnificent day. We're in WA, maskless and free. Oh, mate, it's great, isn't it? It is great. Mate, it's great to be out. And Yogi's been making me drink bloody emu. Is there another choice here in WA, is there? What, bush chalk? Can't you see the feathers? Come on, eh? Gee, you're lucky still walking. I'm lucky I'm still walking. <laughs> right, eh, fellas, well, I'll tell you what I'll do. You've got my phone number there now. Yep. I'd love to catch up with you to talk about the Mac Master yep. on the podcast. Yep. If you just sort of send me a text message. Yeah. And uh, we'll organise some time for you yeah, on the show. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll do that. We'll get a few boys together. and Awesome. That'll be wonderful. Thanks very much. All right. Good, Good to meet you. Yeah, yeah. Good to meet you too. See you. Why, well, we're going to do a quick video. Yeah, get in the video. Yeah. There you go. G'day. Good. There you go, mate. <laughs> he doesn't want to do the video. No, he doesn't. Oh, oh been, I do yeah. want to do it. Mate, I didn't get to the Brisbane Truck Show to see you. You're going to stand here for 10 seconds and say some good things about the podcast. On the road? On the road. On the road. On the road. We're on the road. I've we're come on the road. On the road. We're on the road. We're on the Oval at the Brunswick Show. <laughs> we are on the Oval at the Brunswick Show, mate. I'll tell you what. It's big. There's a line 200 metres out the gate out there, mate. Really? Yeah. Did they know you were coming? No, they knew I was. <laughs> I don't think they're here to see me, mate. They're here to see you and Sludge and everyone else. I don't know. What could I say, mate? It's a bloody glorious day here in Western yeah, Australia. Yeah, and it's good to see you. I know you're settling into the West Australian lifestyle. Not oh, yeah. too bad at the moment. Well, I've been drinking a bit of emu, mate. I've started drinking. Yeah, I've got, a, I've got a couple warming up on the back of the chassis. Awesome stuff. I'll tell you what. What's this, what's this bloody black thing over here, mate? <laughs> What's the story with this? That's called a unicorn. You will never it's ever see anything as excellent as that. No compromise, mate. No compromise. There is no compromise with that truck. Everything is fantastic. Beautiful truck. Beautiful. We, we, we're a true truck fleet operator now. Like I, I can cry even poorer because now I'm a fleet owner. You're now a fleet owner. <laughs> Uh, what we're going to do with that one, I don't know. Stay tuned on the road podcast, and we'll do a podcast, and yeah, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it one of these. We're days. on. We're scheduled. 
Because there's a couple of things on the go, mate. Is there? Mm. So what's going to happen to the purple one, mate? Is she jealous? Has she bitten you? It's yet? like, um, this is a working dog. Yep. And this is a poodle. Oh, right. <laughs> you know, the working dog's outside, the poodle's in the shed. Yeah. So, but, we'll work, so, <laughs> we'll so what I'm going to do is I'm going to paint this one. Yes. I'll pull this off the road. So, so PJ is good from afar, but far from good. Yes. Right, so she needs a bit of love. It was painted in 2001, the purple yep. one. Yep. So the black one... The only track that me and Amanda could ever agree on was the black one. Yes. And uh, when it come up for sale, and funny, it's fate and ironic and all points in between. But the bloke that sold it to me is a mate of mine. Yeah. And he called me on the two-way. He said, bring your checkbook now, but I'm going to sell the black one. Yeah. And Amanda happened to be sitting next to me. Right, eh? It couldn't have worked out any better yeah. if I tried. So, yeah, got on the phone, rang him, bought him, bought it, only picked it up a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. But that was like Christmas time because we've been talking about this for a long time. No, I've, seen, <laughs> I've, seen, I've, seen, I've, seen, I've seen some photos of yeah. it and stuff like that. Nah, it's a good chunk. Beautiful chunk. So, so, we've got it. We're going to keep it. We'll go trucking with it and yep. we'll see what happens. So, yeah. so we're going to see it on Outback Truckers, aren't we? Don't think they're doing it anymore. Don't think they're doing it. No, they, so I think COVID might have killed it. I don't, I don't know. We haven't been asked. Breaking news. Yes. Breaking news. Breaking news. Perth now, breaking news. Unbelievable. So I don't know. I don't know. We haven't been commissioned for another season yet. Right, well, I'll tell you what, we're looking over here, mate. There's a whole heap of bloody fans <laughs> over here that want to see you. We're going to let you go. Thanks for five minutes for the show, yeah, because I do appreciate it. On the road. On the road. Take care of yourself, mate. Good on you. See Thanks. Well, that was our mate Mick the Oz Trucker reporting in live from the Brunswick Ag Show in WA. As you all know, he made the move from the eastern states to WA around six months ago. Took him a while to convince his missus that they should make the move, but I have it from a reliable source that when he sang this song to her, she just couldn't say no. Here's the Pet Shop Boys with Go West.
It's one of those things where professional drivers, and we use logbooks, but some of us don't know what the rules are. And we find out in the worst possible way when Constable Plod's looking at our logbook or the fella from the TMR or someone, and they go, oh, you've made a cock up there, son, and that's going to cost you 375 bucks." So it's about time we had to talk about logbook rules. My old mate Trev Warner's offered to be part of the discussion. We're going to throw a few things out there, logbook rules. Trev, how are you, mate? G'day, mate. Yeah, doing well. Like, tell me that you've had a little bit of drama with your e-log, mate. What's going on there? Yeah, it's a bit of a shock to the system. I've had a pretty hectic week or pretty hectic fortnight, actually. And a couple of days ago, all these breaches started popping up and I'm looking at it. And I'm going, no, that's not right. Because usually I calculate stuff in the back of my head and I actually had to dive into the data and I had to go back 10 days mm. and I discovered that all my entries were correct. But the way the EWD was calculating things, it had actually inserted a 24-hour continuous work period when there was only probably three and a half hours of work on that particular day and it just threw the breach engine into chaos. <laughs> really? <Yeah. laughs> And all these breaches were popping up and, and I'm loaded, I'm ready to go to come back from North Queensland to Brisbane and all of a sudden, what do I do? Do I ring the boss and say, I can't go anywhere because this thing's telling me I'm in a breach? Mm. Yeah, it was a real brain bender, I can tell you. My body says go, but computer says no. <laughs> yeah, uh. well, that's it. That's the old argument that professional drivers have had for a long time. Yeah. As long as we get our seven-hour sleep at night, who cares what we do? Yeah, right. So how do you sort that out, mate? Obviously, the computer's had a brain fart. What do we do then? Where do you go? Well, because I've confirmed all the data, the people that control the data or the e-log provider they're legally not allowed to alter that data. So I've now got to go home, fill out a stat deck with all the evidence outlining what's going on mm. and then ask them to correct the information. I've actually got to give them the correct information. I've actually got to tell them what they need to change yeah. because that's the scope of the, the instructions. Then I've got to take it to a courthouse or JP and get it certified and then send it off to the e-log. Now, of course, I don't get paid to do any of that, no. <laughs> which is another argument again. Yeah, but so you don't run a paper book at all now, do you? No, no, I've got an official EWD and I'm trialling two unapproved EWDs as uh, on-road trials. You're a glutton for punishment, mate. I am. I'm wondering why I do it sometimes. But I actually believe in the concept. I can see the benefits for drivers. Yeah. But as we know, technology is a double-edged sword and I'm afraid I've been sliced. And the worst part about this is that the police officer is not going to know or the TMR guy is not going to know. They're just going to look at it and go, oh, that says you're in breach, so it must be right. And that creates a whole other set of problems for you. So what are you doing in the interim? Are you just running a paper log until it's sorted or what? Yeah, I've actually been running supplementary pages until I can get some guidance on this. And mm. I've asked the question this morning and I haven't got a response yet. Yeah. So I'm having a day off tomorrow and hopefully we can get it all sorted out. Mm. And when I come back to work, we can start afresh and all the data is going to be accurate. Not a fun way to spend your day off though, mate. No, no, it's not. I haven't been home for two weeks and now I'm going to have to spend half the day doing this. Mm. Awesome. It's just one of those things, you know, like it would be so much easier if the politicians would just go, you know what, these fatigue laws, all we want for these drivers is to sleep once a day and whatever they do after that, we don't care because whether they're at the gym, whether they're surfing at the beach or whether they're driving their truck or sitting at Coles and Woolies watching someone to unload your truck, you're still awake. Yeah. 
as RMS said, only sleep cures fatigue. So if that's the intent of the legislation, why have we got an entire chapter and probably half a dozen pages of penalties dedicated controlling a long-distance truck driver? Yeah, well, don't start me. (laughs) Do not start me, mate. How long have you got? Too much common sense. Too much common sense, buddy. Yeah. Now, you know that I've written extensively on electronic work diaries and I've had a look at a couple. I've worked with a couple. I've worked with the MT data now over here in the West. These things are all tailor-made for different purposes, but there are a lot of guys out there that are still running the paper diaries. So we wanted to talk about the rules as they are for paper diaries. Now, there are people who are going to say, switch off, why are we talking about this? I don't need to hear about paper diaries. I know it all. That's fine. Just fast forward through this bit if you don't need to be told. But a lot of people do need to be told. A lot of people do need to explain to them because it's one of these areas that can cost you a truckload of money if you make a cock up, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. On my finds over the years, well, I remember my first big one, and not to go and explain to the wife that I actually stopped an hour out of Moree and mm. woke up in the morning and needed nature called and mm. belly was hungry. So I drove into the servo and Constable Plod was there and that little exercise cost me $4,000. Oh. I actually didn't really understand what had happened, but he caught me on the overlap of the 24-hour period. Mm. Even though I just had me sleep, I was still in the one 24-hour period but that was certainly an eye-opener for the new regulations. Mm, That's just rude. That is rude. Yeah, but these are the stories, just honest mistakes that you think you've done it all right and you've just miscalculated. You've gone to bed and filled your book out and woke up in the morning and realised, oh, you shouldn't have done that. Yeah. You can tell people this, you can train them, Mm. you can give them all the education you like, but when you get in that real-world environment, when you got to the end of your shift and you're getting a bit of that brain fog, it's just you don't calculate properly. That's right. So most people, I think, grasp the fact that if you're on BFM, you're allowed to do 14 hours a day of work and driving and you've got to have a minimum of a seven-hour break. So you've actually got 17 hours to do your 14 hours working, and obviously there are different rules with respect to how many hours you can work in a row, six hours and all that sort of thing. So the BFM situation, 17 hours to do your 14, it's important for drivers to actually understand that when they change employers, if they're on BFM with one employer, they might not be on BFM with the next employer if they don't have all the appropriate pieces of paper. And that's one way to get caught fairly easily, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, that's right. We even had a few of our drivers didn't realise that their medicals had expired. Yeah. And that caught them out. Yeah. So every time you change employers or if you know, you're doing agency work or something like that, BFM is really not going to be a thing for you. You've got to check it out and sort that out. The other quick catch is when you get a new logbook, failing to fill out the home base and where the records are kept. That's an easy find to get to, isn't it? Oh, yeah, especially when you're in, in a rush and you're double parked or you're in a hurry to, to get going. Yeah. You just quickly do what you need to do and then get cracking. I'm glad you mentioned that because we actually had some agency drivers. Hmm. This one guy works for three or four different operators each week. Yeah. So each time he changes operators, which could be every second day, hmm. he's operating under a different NHVR accreditation number. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? Yeah, so it's not only you're in different trucks and different work environments, but you've got to think, okay, your administration has got to change as well. 
And it's just one of those things. It's not really road safety related, but there's no way around it. And it's a big fine. I don't know what it is. I think it's a $600 one, isn't it, that one? Not really sure. They really want to, if you've done 14 hours, that's edging into a severe breach. So, you know, it could be anything up to $10,000 if the police officer wished to go down that road. That's terrible. That would be terrible. We're going to break for a short word from our sponsors and we'll be right back shortly. There's nothing more devastating for a truck operator than to be involved in a serious road incident. We've all seen the impact of heavy vehicle accidents and at these times, when people are most vulnerable, it's critical that they have immediate support from a strong, stable, reliable and experienced organisation. NTI is Australia's number one truck insurer, the specialist you can count on to protect your transport and logistics assets, with the know-how to take control of the situation and the capability to reduce lost income by getting trucks back on the road again as soon as possible. Specialist products, experienced people, accredited repair and recovery networks and industry advocacy is what we do. It's our specialty and we've been doing it for more than 45 years. For more information, visit the website at nti.com.au or go to the NTI Facebook page. I mean, really, it behoves people to have something like if you don't run an electronic logbook or electronic work diary already, you really should be running something like that logbook check program, shouldn't you? Just to keep an eye out because it's easy to get caught if you go over the hours in a fortnight or over the hours in a week. You've got some astute copper there that can add up really quickly, and some of them can. That's a bad way to get caught too, isn't it? Well, that's right. I was using Logbook Checker for many years, and the reason that I kept it going, even though I knew my rules inside out and upside down, Mm. was that that 14-day period. There's a rolling 14 days too, so you've got to strike off day one and then move it forward on the calendar, and it's, yeah... Or you need a computer to do it. Yeah. The old human brain just really struggles with that. But when I have new drivers ask me questions, I always say, look, I always struggle until I come up with this method. And that is, if you start at 8 a.m. on Monday morning, go to your next page on your work diary and draw a big, solid, bold line down at 8 a.m. on Tuesday morning. Hmm. Now, all you've got to remember is if you're on BFM, you've just got to have your seven hours break. Hmm and then a total of three hours in between those two lines. That's right. And as long as you do that, you can never make a mistake. That's right. A good mate of mine, he's got really bad dyslexia and he's got ADHD as well. So when he gets flustered, he just loses his... I was going to say shit then. Are we allowed to say that? (laughs) He loses his shit. I've said much worse than that, mate. Go, go. Yeah, yeah, that's it. He'd be on the phone to me and I'd go, no, 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 hang on, just back up. Just when did you start? carry forward 24 hours have you had your 10 hours rest in between that Hmm. yeah 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 and i went well right you're fine you don't have to worry about it and as long as you keep doing that and moving forward day by day you're right the the lovely bloke he likes to do the job right Hmm. once i got him sorted out on that little trick it was a piece of cake from then on some of us old blokes that have been using logbooks forever We all have our own unique little tricks that's one and i mean for me i just use the 17 hour rule but the day hours and the night hours, they're the ones that I can't stand the day hours and the night hours trying to work those out. Well, I know this probably sounds like an ad for logbook checker, I'm not endorsing the product, just that it is a tool that you can use is the name that readily comes to mind. I've used the thing myself. I thought it was a good thing personally, and I'd encourage people to check it out because it makes life a lot easier. 
obviously the range of electronic work diaries now are getting out there, aren't they, Trev? They are. They are. I believe there's six on the list now at NHBR. Yeah. There's two more that I'm aware of that are in the development stage. One of the issues that we've got to get, it's okay to have all these logbook rules, but if the scheduler back in the office is working out what work you're going to do and what work you can and can't do, until we can get the scheduler and the EWD or the logbook all the data in front of him, yeah. it's really all lumped onto the driver. Yeah. The driver's got to be on the ball. So when the instructions come through, we can go, well, hang on, no, we can't do that. That was one of the principal advantages my previous employer down at Port Kembla we were using the Teletrack Navman system. And that was in front of the allocator. All that information was there to be used, you know, assess which driver could do what and all that sort of stuff. And that's the way it's meant to be used. A lot of the old guys will say, oh, you know, not while my ass points to the ground, I won't have one. But I can tell you now, and you're fully aware too, Trev, few minor changes and life does become a lot easier. And when you know that you're being pulled into Maroolan and you know that they're going to go through your book and you know when you're driving into there to the stop sign, you've had the arrow in and you know that your book's right because it's electronic and it's telling you that it's right, it takes a lot of stress out of the little interaction in the Weybridge, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's it. And I just love the idea of when you stop, you just push the button on the screen. Yeah. It comes up, your address is already there. You just put in your kilometers. Yeah. The time's already there. Yeah. So it's switched from work to rest, bang. Yeah. Put in your kilometers and then confirm and that's it. Yeah. That's all you got to do. All the other information that you've got to write at top of each page, you don't have to do that anymore. Yeah. It's all done for you. It's all pre-populated. Obviously, you're going to have times when things are going to go a little bit pear-shaped, like you've experienced there, but all these things are fixable. And overall, I think people are going to howl and scream and bark, and there'll be people that'll be swearing in their cab right now, I'm sure. Mm. But I reckon that they're a good thing. They end the argument. You can just say to your allocator, mate, I don't have the time to do it. Have a look at the book. Well, that's right. And I've been on Facebook, and I was one of those people that said, soon as EWDs come out, that's it, I'm out of here. Yeah. I'm off to the West or I'm going to Northern Territory or whatever. Yeah. But what I realized was that it wasn't actually the EWD that was the problem. The problem was my employer hmm. and our consigners and consignees that we were working for. That's where the problem is. That's right. And that's where the problem still is. Yeah, absolutely correct. It's still there now. You've got the customer that wants their stuff as soon as possible. You've got the sender that's, oh, hang on, mate, the order's not ready yet. Mm. And you're sitting there and your 17 hours is ticking down. We've still got major issues in that area. And a friend of mine just left his job a couple of weeks ago. What he realized was that he just couldn't couldn't do it legally. Yep. Given the parameters that he had to work with, he could not do it legally. So he just went to the business down the road. It was no big deal for him mm. and got in another truck. And it's a completely different set of circumstances. So the industry really needs to focus on this scheduling thing yep. and the consignors and the consignees to be held account under the chain of responsibilities to make sure that it all works. I can't see it being a challenge. Hmm. People have just got to remember that you can't just snap your fingers and the freight moves from point A to point B. Yeah, wave the bloke out the gate. Good luck, see you later. Yeah. That's it. And, you know, all this costs money. EWDs cost money, compliance costs money, mm. auditing, all this stuff costs money. Well, it's a lot of money to an operator 
But per item at the supermarket shelf, you're only talking fractions of a cent or a few cents across the board. It's it's not a big thing. Mm. And yet there seems to be a huge amount of pressure from up top to screw the price down. At some point, something's got to break. Mm. You're 100% correct. All right, Trev, we'll leave it there, mate. I've been talking with Trevor Warner. He is the Vice President of the National Road Freighters Association. He's also got the Facebook page, which is the Driver's Advocate. Go there, have a look. Trev's there to give you a hand. There's a lot of guys that have got a lot of information. Come on the Driver's Advocate Facebook page, ask your questions, and there'll be someone there who can answer it in a satisfactory way for you. Thanks for joining us, Trev. Sort your book out, and we'll catch you later, mate. Great work, Mike. Thanks for having me. See ya. See you, bud. Bye. Kermie here from Trucking with Kermie. I listen to On the Road podcasts every week on the Australian Big Rigs Road Show. And when that's done, you might like to pop over to Trucking with Kermie on Facebook for my take on trucking and the people who make the industry what it is. Catch you over there, and in the meantime, take care of you. Just a quick word about our sponsors. Go to our webpage, www.ontheroadpodcast.com.au and you can see who the friends of the show are. And if their products are something that you are interested in or something that you may need, please support them because they support us and they bring our show to you. Hey everyone, this is Jane Denham and you're listening to Mike and Andy On The Road. Line number one, you're supposed to have it all together And when they ask how you're doing, just smile and tell them, never better We just wanted to stop by for a moment and say, g'day, how are you? No, I mean, how are you, really? Physical and mental health is a significant issue for the Australian road transport and logistics industries. Risk factors like long hours, workplace isolation, pressure to meet deadline deliveries and the need for continual alertness all contribute to making us vulnerable to physical and mental health issues. As much as it might feel that way sometimes, you are not alone. There are some incredible people and organisations in our industry whose sole focus is on helping you to stay healthy in body, mind and spirit. All these numbers and addresses are listed on our website at ontheroadpodcast.com.au take care of yourselves. We really just want to see everyone get home safe and well. It's time for That's What You Think. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I have consultant gastroenterologist Vincent Ho with me from Sydney. He's been on the show before, talked to us about a lot of interesting stuff. I've been asked some questions about colonoscopies. I thought, let's get Vincent back and we'll clear up a few things and make it plain to everyone exactly what's involved. How are you, Vincent? Welcome back to the show. Thanks, Mike. I've been well, thank you. I've been well, and thanks for inviting me back on the show. Mate, it's entirely our pleasure. You provided such great information last time. You've got your webpage, gutdoctor.com, and there's a few interesting bits and pieces on there. But colonoscopies, mate. Now, I had a bloke ring me up the other day because he knew I used to be a nurse and used to work in an operating theatre. And he said to me, mate, I've got blood in my poo and I'm a bit worried about it. What do I need to do? 
first thing I said to him, mate, you need to go to the doctor and get checked out. I think that was the right answer, wasn't it? Absolutely. That's really important, Mike, for sure. So, Vincent, what sort of reasons would you be sending someone to have a colonoscopy? And what is a colonoscopy? What's involved, mate? Can you tell us about it? Yeah, sure. So a colonoscopy is a medical procedure where a doctor uses a thin, long, flexible tube that's got a small camera and light attached that allows the doctor to navigate the inside of the colon. Now, images are actually shown on a video screen, and we know that the colonoscope has got a thickness similar to your index finger. So not particularly thick. It's able to go around the bends and the curves of the colon. The actual colonoscope itself not only can it visualize the bowel, but it can actually be used to remove growths such as polyps, which are in the bowel, as well as to take samples, what we call biopsies, for the bowel itself. The procedure starts from the back passage, and it goes all the way to the end of the colon. Usually what happens is that you're lying on your left side on a bed, and the doctor is navigating the colonoscope through the colon. I've got to make one really important point, Mike, and that is that this is done whilst you're asleep. Yeah. So you are given a set of, you're not awake <laughs> during this, so there's no discomfort during the procedure itself, but you're given an anesthetic, and an anesthetic just basically allows you to fall asleep, and the recovery from the procedure is usually very quick. Yeah. So that's just a needle in the back of the hand and a little bit of the magic milk of amnesia and a bit of a, an agent called midazolam usually, isn't it? That's exactly right. So as you point out, the drip is inserted into a vein, which is usually in your hand or forearm, Mm. and that allows for the injection of the sedative. That obviously gives a really sleepy feeling. So you don't remember anything that occurs during the procedure itself. Mm. I've got to say that anesthesia is generally very safe, and we know that it tends to be very well tolerated. Of course, every anesthetic can have a risk of side effects and complications, usually temporary. And of course, that risk does depend upon your general health and fitness. So an anesthetic doctor called an anesthetist who's very trained in this art of giving the sedation will be overseeing that side of things. And then just a short stay in the recovery room after it's all over and then you get to go home, General. That's the case, isn't it? That's absolutely right. Yeah, your recovery usually is very quick. So you might be in there for an hour or two afterwards. But yeah, the procedure itself is a day procedure. So you will be able to go home on the same day. Because there is a sedative on board, it's recommended that you don't drive home yourself and obviously someone pick you up. And obviously there is the preparation side of the procedure, which sort of at the front end, which is probably not the most pleasant experience in the world, is it? Well, it's interesting you say that because... The procedure itself, as you know, people have no recollection of what happened, so very well tolerated. Mm. But the thing people remember is actually the bowel preparation that you take the day before. So what will happen is that the gastroenterologist will give instructions as to the bowel preparation to take the day before. And sometimes there's bowel prep to take the morning of the procedure itself. Normally it can be a couple of sachets of what we call bowel preparation mixed in a glass of water. So that's usually given on two different occasions, the night before, and then sometimes it's given in the morning. So very early on in the morning, there's a bit more bowel preparation, again, mixed with water. That's the stuff that's important to clean out the bowels, but the stuff that people usually remember, because it's quite eventful too, in terms of having a good clean out. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I uh, I recall the experience there. It wasn't a lot of fun, but the important part about that is though, Vincent, to get it done properly so that the bowel's nice and clean so you can get a good look in there, isn't it? That's the issue. 
Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely right. So we do want to have a very, very clean bowel because the cleaner the bowel, the better it is for us to have a look and look for anything that's abnormal. Hmm. Those growths that I mentioned before, like polyps, we look very carefully for those. We might find other things too, depending upon the reason for having the colonoscopy. So for example, if it's for rectal bleeding, so a bit of blood in your bowel motions, that we often look for causes of that, such as hemorrhoids, hmm. maybe little tears in the lining of the bowel called fissures. Sometimes it can be due to conditions like inflammation of the bowel, so conditions like colitis that can cause it. And we're obviously looking for more serious conditions like bowel cancer. Well, bowel cancer is one of those things. It's the nasty word, the C word. But bowel cancer is fairly well able to be dealt with if it's caught nice and early, isn't it? 100%. If we catch bowel cancer early, it can be 100% curative. Mm. So it's all about picking it up early. And that's the reason why investigations like colonoscopies are so important because they allow us to be able to look for, in many cases, especially where, for example, there's a trace of blood in the bowel motions, it often looks for conditions like polyps, which can be the precursor to a bowel cancer. If we find a polyp, which is almost like a wart-like growth in the bowel lining, if we find that we can remove it completely, and that way we can prevent bowel cancer from developing. Right. We're going to break for a short word from our sponsors and we'll be right back shortly. If you need signage or graphics for your truck, trailer, van, boat, equipment or business, the Sticker Shed is the fast and cost-efficient large format digital print and vinyl cut graphic business that can meet all your needs. They specialise in signs, graphics, decals, stickers, banners, one-way window signage and even large-scale canvas prints. Don't be fooled by the name, the Sticker Shed has a fully mobile production facility which means they can manufacture your signage or graphics on the spot. Even if they're not in your area, they can still custom make your signs, stickers and graphics and ship them to you. For more information or to obtain a quote, send an email to brett at thestickershed.com.au, visit the Sticker Shed Facebook page or call Brett on 0412 105 151. The Sticker Shed, their business is making your business look great. So this is also backed up with one of those things with the over 50s getting the bowel testing kits that are sent out in the mail, isn't it? That's exactly right. So over the age of 50, every two years, you'll be sent out a kit from the government looking for traces of blood in the bowel motions. And if there is a positive result, then the next step would be to have a colonoscopy. What are the other sorts of reasons why you would send someone for a colonoscopy though, Vincent? Yeah, so if someone has any symptoms of concern, for example, if they've got abdominal pain that's been around for some time, there's no apparent reason for it, that will be one good reason to do a colonoscopy. Another reason might be, for example, if there is a major change in someone's bowel motions, particularly if you're older. So one of the symptoms of bowel cancer can be a change in bowel habits. So the development of constipation as you get older, that is one reason for getting a colonoscopy. Other reasons may be because of a low blood count. So if the blood count is low, in other words, if there is anemia present, that's a very good reason to get a colonoscopy or if there's significant iron deficiency. So if someone's really low in their iron levels and that's unexplained, again, that may signify some sort of bleeding from the bowel. So th those are good reasons for doing a colonoscopy. Other reasons may be because of monitoring of a disease condition. For example, some people may have colitis. So 
inflammation in the bowel and we might need to check on how that's being managed with medication. So one way to do that is by doing a colonoscopy and it might be every couple of years or so to have a look and check that it's all okay. And obviously a family history. So if someone in your family's had bowel cancer, it might be a good idea to have a quick look, eh? A very, very good reason. So family history we know is one of the biggest risk factors for bowel cancer. And if there is a family history, for sure, a colonoscopy is recommended. Right. So you line yourself up, you go and see your gastroenterologist or your colorectal surgeon or general surgeon, and you decide that you're going to have this colonoscopy. As you said there before, with anesthetics, these things aren't without risk. So in your frequently asked questions, there'd obviously be some concerns that might be raised with you. What are the greatest concerns people seem to have, Vincent? People are often concerned about what could happen at the time of colonoscopy, Hmm. particularly with passage of this scope into the bowel. So I will say that about one person in every thousand can get a hole or what we call a perforation, that's the medical term for it, to the bowel, which can cause leakage of bowel contents into the abdomen. And if that does happen, surgery may be needed to repair that hole. It is infrequent, as I've mentioned, about one in a thousand chance of that occurring. And we know that it tends to occur when the bowel is already very weakened. So if, for example, the bowel itself is frail because of a cancer that's there, obviously that makes it much more likely for that hole or perforation to occur. Hmm. We also know that one of the the other complications that can happen can be bleeding. Now, about one in every 500 people can experience a bleed from the bowel when a polyp is removed because we find that at the base of a polyp is often a blood vessel. The blood vessel is actually uh, the source of nutrition for the polyp itself. And so when you remove that polyp, it is possible that there can be bleeding If that does happen, it may require another colonoscopy to control the bleeding. Sometimes a blood transfusion can be required. Admittedly, these complications, as mentioned, are infrequent. Mm. There are other possible complications, and you've mentioned already complications from sedation, from giving it an anesthetic. Mm. So that can happen too. Mm. If an anesthetic is given, there can be complications sometimes such as a reaction to the medications that it's given, like an allergic reaction. And so those are complications that are dealt with at the time. And we've got very trained anesthetists that can deal with such complications. I think I want to make the point that complications are a feature of almost any procedure. Hmm. And even putting a drip into their hand, that can cause an infection. So it's not very common, but it can happen. But I will reassure people that these complications, even though they happen, are very rare. Yeah. I've been in the scope room for, I can't remember how many hundreds of, maybe even a thousand procedures, and I think I've seen one small complication, and that was, as you say, because someone already had cancer and it was a problem. So I think overall these procedures are fairly safe and the benefits by far do outweigh any small risks you may have with respect particularly to finding cancers and the curative nature of what we can do then. That's absolutely right, Mike. All right, so that's colonoscopes. I don't think that there's too much more to go into about that. Have you got anything you want to add, Vincent? Yeah, look, I think that the colonoscope is an important investigation, but I'll also say that the follow-up care from a colonoscope is also really important as well because at the time of a colonoscopy, as mentioned, biopsies can be taken. So that's when little samples of tissue can be taken. And that often can be really helpful in determining if there are any abnormalities and what the nature of those abnormalities are in the bowel. So 
it's important uh, not only to have the procedure, but also to make sure that there is a proper appointment to go through the results of the procedure itself so that your doctor, whether it's a colorectal surgeon or gastroenterologist, can explain what was found and why this is relevant to the symptoms that you've been experiencing. We could talk about gastroscopes, but I don't think we've really got time to do that today. I know you're a busy man. Perhaps we can get you back at another time to do that. I would love to. I know. I would love to talk about gastroscopies another time for sure. Just lock me in. (laughs) And you've still got the baby book about having you, Vincent. That's right. It's called the Healthy Baby Gut Guide. So if anyone is out there that has an interest in learning more about baby guts and especially about the relationship between the gut and childhood allergies, then that is a great resource. It certainly is. Thanks for being on the show again, Vincent. I do appreciate your time. We've been with consultant gastroenterologist Vincent Ho from Campbelltown, New South Wales. He's got his practice there. You can go to the gut doctor or gutdoctor.com and have a look. It's a great webpage, chock full of information. Thanks, mate. Appreciate your time. Thanks, Mike. G'day, I'm Darren. I'm listening to On the Road on the Australian Big Rig Roadshow. It's time for Wake the Truck Up with Ben Charles, the Truckies Tax Accounting Specialist. I'm Benjamin Charles from Truckies Tax Accountants here each week to help hard-working Aussie truckies wake the truck up. To increase their refunds in future years and to recover extra refunds from lodged returns. Last week, I talked about how to use the free and easy method for keeping all your work-related expenses and tax receipts free and easily. This week, I'm going to go through those expenses, starting with car. Your car, whether you are an overnight trucky, line haul, or interstate, or even if you work locally, your car, you're typically carrying bulky items with you to work. Tools, fridge, sleeping gear, wet weather gear, PPE, whatever it may be. And if you are carrying such items, and they're 20 kilograms or more, those items are referred to as bulky items, and they make you eligible to claim your car from home to work. Unless, of course, you have a huge locker that is secure that you can leave things at work. So, once we've established that you are eligible to claim your car, we insist you learn how to keep a logbook, a private vehicle logbook. The method all of you have been using is the cents per kilometer method or 5,000 kilometer method, which is lazy and gets you about 3,400 to 3,600, a lot less. Keeping a logbook will result in a claim of 15 to 20 grand. So, what is a logbook? Go to your news agent, buy a private vehicle logbook, six bucks, self-explanatory how to fill it out. But if you have any questions, as always, just ask 1-300-5111. You only need to keep the logbook for 12 weeks, and the purpose of the logbook is to work out what percentage of your total kilometers are work-related. 12 weeks, once every five years. If you have any trouble, call us, but fill out that logbook so that at the end of the year we can work that percentage out. In addition to the logbook, you need to keep all your receipts for your car, fuel, rego, insurance, tires, batteries. I could tell one, but I think you know all the things, all the way down to your tire black, armor oil, and window wipers. Everything you pay for with that tax on a trucking card is work-related and car. Okay, at the end of the year, we'll get your logbook. We'll give us a percentage. Let's say it's 100% because you don't use it for anything else. And it turns out between depreciation and all the expenses, your car has cost you 20 grand. 
Instead of claiming 3,600, you're claiming 100% of 20,000. 20,000. Maybe it's 90% of 15,000, 13,500. No matter which way you look at it, it's a big number and possibly your biggest claim. So make sure you're claiming your car by the local method. Okay, next week I'm going to be talking about meal expenses, travel, travel meals up to 105.75, local without receipts, 31.25, or with receipts, any amount you like. So make sure you tune in. Remember, Andy, Mike, and I like to hear from you. Your questions need to be answered for all truckies. So be sure to send them in to ontheroadpodcast.com.au or call us 24-7 on 1300-5111. As noted, the answers to your questions will likely benefit all truck drivers. Also remember, I'm here to tell you about the facts as I know them, that the only source of truth is the ATO. So be sure to call them on 132861 or go to ato.gov.au to verify the rules as they relate to you. So, car expenses, make sure you keep a logbook, use the free and easy method, and for God's sakes, given it's free to listen and learn each week, join us next week, and call one three hundred five triple one five one with any questions you have. I'm Benjamin Charles, Truckies Taxi Camden. Wake the truck up. Talk next week. On the Road News is brought to you by Big Rigs, Australia's national road transport newspaper. G'day, Mike. Warm enough for you? Mate, I'll tell you what, you can fry eggs on the pavement. It's 43 degrees here, mate. I'm just looking at the temperature gauge in the big 9 sitting here in the parking bay up near Oski Roadhouse. Yep. Up in the Pilbara. 43 degrees, brother. I'll tell you what. Better you than me, mate. The player comfort level is a little bit down there. You know, <laughs> you hear that buddy Robin Williams thing from Good Morning Vietnam? Yeah. How hot is it? How wet is it? Yeah. A little bit of crutch pot cooking, mate. I'll tell you what. Horrible. <laughs> now, I'll just do a quick explanation for listeners. This week, Mike is stuck in the truck out in the outback there. We've got a terrible line. Yep. But we need to get the news across to you, so live with it. We'll do our best to clean it up later. Yeah. Mate, I've come to the conclusion I think I'm getting old. Are you? Yeah, yeah. The wife was obviously feeling quite amorous last night, and she said to me, let's go upstairs and make love. Right. I said, you'll have to choose one of them. I can't do both. (laughs) Oh, dear, oh, dear. Let's roll in, mate. A new NHVR notice will give eligible PBS vehicles immediate network access when they receive a vehicle approval with a Tier 1 bridge assessment. That's right. South Australia's Minister for Infrastructure and Transport, Corey Wingard, says all PBS vehicles must pass these various safety and infrastructure standards, mm-hmm. uh, such as acceleration capability, turning space, pavement wear, and all those bits and pieces. NHBR CEO, Sal Petrosito, says that the notice establishes a platform to provide operators with a guarantee of PBS access before they build their vehicles. So, the upside of all this is you're not going to go and spend hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars on a truck. Hmm. only to have them knock it back for some little thing later on. And people can't afford that. They need certainty. Yeah. And this is what this is all about, giving operators some certainty. It's been fairly well received as far as I can say. And people will take up these smarter, larger, more cost-effective vehicles, more productive vehicles, if they've got the opportunity to do so. I think with the increase of the freight task, it's a good way to go. Yeah, it is too. And I tell you what, I'm incredibly impressed by the way you can say sell pet, 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 pet
Now, mate, in something that sounds like a scene from out of NCI or something, yeah. investigators from the major and organised crime squad with assistance from the road policing unit and local police conducted a high-visibility road operation on the Warrigo Highway at Warra aimed at checking vehicles carrying livestock. What was that all about, mate? Well, it was a bit of a blitz over the weekend there. An operation stock check got underway out of the national proactive policing focus to prevent and disrupt the movement of stolen stock. Okay. And it's not unusual for people to just back their stock crate up, apparently, and just load them up and head off into the boonies. I thought they were all branded and had e-tags and all that sort of stuff, but obviously there must be something that they can do. Anyway, they got a bit of that, but they also got nine people arrested on nine charges, including four drug drivers. Okay. 13 traffic infringement notices issued, including one for speeding, a biosecurity penalty, which was failing to complete a stock movement record, and 504 roadside breath tests conducted. So they've had a little bit of a go out there. Yeah. So they've been out around Labour and Tara, Dolby, Chinchilla, all up through the middle up there. <laughs> they found three and a half kilos of cannabis as well. Okay. Some hydroponic systems, 152 cannabis plants, small quantity of methamphetamine, a shortened firearm. So the value of the seized drugs was around $708,000. Wow. Was that a driver or one of the cows, though? I reckon probably one of the cows, mate. They're pretty yeah. bad, them cows up there. Have you seen them? They're a bit like they've got guns, I hear. Cows with guns. That's right. Get onto the uh, bigrigs.com.au webpage and read the story for yourself. Nine arrests in the stock check blitz on the Warrigo. Amazing. Bloody Queenslanders. <laughs> Mike, a new research report highlights the factors contributing to current skills shortages across the supply chain, with the biggest skills gap found to be in truck driving, robotics and data analytics. Uh, who knew? Who knew? <laughs> Listen, this is a very complicated story. There's a hell of a lot here to get through. Mm. I don't want to give it too much. Just go to bigrigs.com.au and have a bit of a read. But Hermione Parsons, uh, Director of the Centre of Supply Chain Logistics, and Dr. Roberto Perez-Franco, who's a senior research fellow, interviewed some senior executives from Australian industry and government about the ongoing challenges and the impact of recent events on the ability to recruit and retain the workforce required for today's supply chain sector. Mm -hmm. I look at that paragraph and I think to myself, well, there's a bunch of people that have got no idea about what's going on in the real world. They should talk to people like, oh, I don't know, Lyndon Watson, who have got their feet on the ground, can actually drive a truck and tell you what's going on. Yep. Maybe have a bit of a read of Len Stirl's inquiry report and you'll find out all you need to know. But as I said, once again, go to bigrigs.com.au and read all about the report examining the skill shortage that we've been telling them they've had since like the early 90s. Yeah. Yep. It's an absolute must read if you're a truck driver, a data analyst or a robot. That's right. Mike, a Gold Coast truckie, told police he was hoping to fund his truck business by transporting $2.6 million worth of cannabis from Melbourne. Whoops. Well, how can you not laugh? That's hard not to. Dear idea, $2.6 in cannabis. 54-year-old father from Narang. Why do they say 54-year-old father? What difference does it make whether he's a father or not? Or how old he is, for that matter. Well, truck driver from Nuraga on the Gold Coast was sentenced to a minimum of 14 months behind bars earlier this month after pleading guilty to one charge of trafficking the commercial quantity of uh, drug of dependence. Well, he wasn't going to smoke all that on his own, was he? Yeah. So anyway, the, the idea of it was he reckoned he was going to flog the money off and, and it was going to help fund his transport business and I don't know. Mm. you got to really wonder. The police told you he first became involved in the drug trade when he was approached by two men at a service station on the Gold Coast. Nothing like a little bit of toolbox freight. 
I hope they were wearing masks, mate. I hope they were wearing masks too. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah. Judge Marcus Dempsey said Kilgore led an industrious and honourable life before he's offended. Eight cardboard boxes full of grass. Mm. There you go. Mm. Indeed, let that be a lesson for all of us. Smoke it before the cops find it. <laughs> Last but by no means least, in industry workshops discussing potential changes to fatigue management laws this month, yep. the hot topic is expected to be a reduction in maximum working hours for truckies on the standard work hours diary. Right, yes. I've got two words for this. <laughs> Epic fail. Yeah, yeah. Epic fail. Mark my words. Now, listen, they want to cut back the hours and change everything. Like, it's hard enough to get your buddy job done these days without all these draconian rules. The NTC discussion is sort of centred around points, more frequent breaks, and how would that work? Short breaks offering more flexibility. Fewer elements in the standard work hours schedule. I don't know why they can't just keep it simple. Mm. No, the KISS principle. Keep it simple, stupid. Yep. We've had the 12-hour logbook for a long time. If you want to go and do BFM, and, you know, I've said more than once, pay your fee or pay your bribe or however you want to put it, you can go and work for 14 hours and mm. change the rules entirely. Mm. We get along into these things and they make it harder. And they make it harder for people to make sense of it. And without putting too fine a point on it, there are a lot of guys out there that struggle with how to understand the logbook and what to do with it. Yep. The fines can be absolutely eye-watering, mm. and all it takes is one mistake, and you know that's the groceries for the week, that's the mortgage for the week, that's the kids' school trip or the shoes or whatever, yep. and it's always a bloody double penalty. He's lost it out of his pay, but he's also lost it from his family. Yep. Now, my mate, Lyndon Watson, had a little bit to say about it. He thinks it's a pretty contentious discussion topic. Truckies working on the standard hours fatigue system from 72 to 60 hours over a seven-day week, they're effectively mandating that an owner-driver fleet move from a six-day to a five-day fleet because they need 12 hours to get from capital to capital, Lyndon said. Mm. So every one of these owner-drivers out there are trying to make ends meet. He said, I can't see how they're suddenly going to be able to reduce the capacity of their vehicles by nearly 20%. In effect, what they're doing is they're saying you've got to work less and they're not talking about getting paid more. Mm. Now, once again, this raises the head of this Road Safety Remuneration Tribunal argument that we did have ages ago. Yep. You've really got to understand that we can't keep changing things. It just doesn't work. Mm. Anyway, it's a great story. I'd like to get into it a little bit more, but I'm starting to lose my voice just as you are. Mm. And the phone line's crap, so we'll get into it later on and have a look at this in detail. Like name Adam Craig has written a little bit about this. Might see if I can get hold of him and get him on the show and we can have a bit of a chat about it. Put it under the microscope, yep. Put it under the microscope and get granular on it, mate. Way to go. All right, mate, well, all that's left to do is share with you my thought for the week. And to quote from Mark Twain, yep. who said, never wrestle with a pig, you both get dirty and the pig likes it. Yep. And I think there's a lot of truth in that. Well, there is truth in that. Never wrestle with a truck driver either because we love it as well. <laughs> Get back to work, mate. I'm gonna, mate. I'm gonna go out there and see if I can melt some tires off this big quad road train. Yeah, go for it. Have fun. Well, actually, I hope I'm not going to melt any tires on. I'm going to be taking it pretty easy. I've still got a few hours to do. So, all right. See you, buddy. See ya. For all the latest industry news, go to www.bigrigs.com.au. G'day guys, it's Tone from Tone's Trucking Stories here and you're listening to the On The Road podcast on the Australian Big Rig Road Show.
You'll recall a while back we spoke with Wes Walker, the bloke who's given up a lot of his time and energy to maintain a vigil at the Gatton Pads in Queensland, standing up for the rights of truckies to have toilets available for their use at this facility. I caught up with Wes on the phone this week to find out how things are progressing out at Gatton in this regard. Here's the conversation we had. G'day Wes, it's been a while since we spoke last and we're probably way overdue for an update on what's happening out there at Gatton. How are you going, mate? Yeah, it's pretty good. I sort of had to retreat a bit after seven and a half weeks, ten hours a day. Yeah. But I have been playing behind the scenes a lot. Mm. So if any of the good truck drivers out there haven't seen me, I have been still active. Good on you. So what's been happening since the last time we spoke, mate? Well, the university finally got to put it in writing that they have no objections now of toilets going in there. Oh, okay. Lockyer Shire is going to put it in writing. Also, they have no objections of toilets there. Right. And main roads in Toowoomba, which were responsible for this site, they haven't put it in writing, but they have commented that it should have toilets there. Well, that's sounding promising. So once we get it all together, then we're just up against Mr. Mark Bailey, and I'm quite happy to see him. Okay, now just for our listeners' sake, Mark Bailey is? The Transport Minister. He's the gruff right. against it. Okay. He was fronted by Jim McDonnell in Parliament in the corridor. Yeah, he's the local member, isn't he, Jim? Yeah, and Jim said, what's going on with the toilets out there at Gatton? He said, all I know is there's one cranky bloke out there. <laughs> Trust me, people, I have not stopped just because I'm not there. I go in there a minimum of every second day because they know I go in there because I'm on camera. Mm. And I'll take photos. Yep. And some of the photos is why the university now have changed their mind altogether because I've got down dirty like a politician does. Yep. So trust me, I'm still fighting for you and I won't give up until it happens. Good on you, mate. How do you see it going from here? What do you reckon's the next step? Well, I've got a quote on a whole portable system to go in there. Yep. Now, they can take it in on a big tilt truck. It'll have two showers, two toilets, a urine, and a couple of hand basins. Mm-hmm. Self-sufficient. Right. Clean water one side, dirty water the other, being your toilet and your shower and all that, and get pumped out. Lockyer Waste will monitor to see how often they've got to empty it and fill it. Yep. Now, that, people, is between fifty dollars and $60,000. That's all it's going to cost. You know, these people, they call politicians, spend that on a lunching sometime. Yep. But it's good to see I've got under Mark Bailey's skin because that means I'm getting results. Yeah. So that's the situation now. We're just waiting on the go-ahead from him, yeah? Yes. We're just waiting for the, the paperwork to come through from the uni. Once I get that paperwork and confirm it in writing, look out. I'll go hell for leather again. Good on you. Might get some more signs out there, I think, yeah. and get me call it back out there. <laughs> Indeed. And the, tab, the uni has no objection to these things. Yeah. Well, mate, it sounds like all your hard work's paying off, and it's great to hear, and it's about time too, but it's not over yet. It's not over until the fat lady sings, and I will not give in on the good drivers of Australia keeping the country running. Good man. Will you keep us updated, mate? I'll keep you all informed, and when we get in there, I'm putting on a free barbecue and soft drinks for everyone. Anyone that comes in, steak sandwich or sausage singer. Great stuff. I'll be there. I'll be there for a couple of days once we win, celebrating. Well, it's looking like we're getting closer and closer to that, mate, so good on you. Thank you for all your hard work and the hard work you're still doing. And we'll talk to you again soon, hopefully with some good and final news. And thank you for your support. And there's other people behind the scenes that are supporting me. Good. And it's very nice to get that sort of um, recognition. Well, mate, you deserve it. You're doing a lot of hard work on behalf of the truckies. 
as if things aren't hard enough at the moment, not having a place to go to the bathroom is just... Yes, uh, before I forget, hmm. the BP is shutting down for renovations very shortly. Yeah, we've heard that. That idea they can go to the bathrooms there is completely gone because they locked their toilets up long ago, as I told you. Yep. And that's not hearsay. I went there. Mm. Whatever I do, I go to to get the true, not hearsay stories. Yeah. And that senator in Western Australia, he's been pushing in Canberra about it too. Yeah. Glenn? Yep, Glenn Still. Yeah, and I talk to him on a regular basis, like the good people like yourself, letting us know where we're up. Good on you. All right, mate. Well, we look forward to hearing more good news and hopefully a final verdict coming through on it and things starting to happen. Thanks for coming on the show again and talking to us, Wes. Thank you very much. Talk to you soon, buddy. humble beginnings in Tamworth, this great country rock band are now based in Newcastle and making their mark on the Aussie music scene in a big way. Taking us out of the show this week, here's Hurricane Fall with How We Get Down. our show for this week. Thanks for coming along for the ride. On the Road is proudly brought to you by NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer. Be sure to join us again next week when Mike says There, push that button there. Andy says Thank you for that. And our guest says You're lying. Until we catch up with you again next week, play nice with each other and most of all, stay safe out there. Bye for now. The team here at On The Road believe in the right to free speech, and whilst we might not always be in agreement with the views of our guests and contributors, we support their right to hold and express those opinions. 